Welcome to episode 21 of Stageworthy. I'm your host, Phil Rickaby. On Stageworthy, I interview people who make theater, actors, directors, playwrights, and more, and talk to them about everything from why they chose theater to their work process and everything in between. You can find Stageworthy on Facebook and Twitter at StageworthyPod, and you can find the website at stageworthypodcast.com. If you like what you hear, I hope you'll subscribe on iTunes or Google Music or whatever podcast app you use and consider leaving a comment or rating. Crystal Bertelzi is an actor, comic writer, teacher, and solo show creator living in Toronto. In this episode, Crystal mentions her performance of One Moon in May, which sadly has passed. However, her newest show, All Kidding Aside, will be presented at both the Toronto and Hamilton Fringe Festivals. Mostly known as a solo. Person, yeah, I know. Um, Which has pros and cons. Well, of course it is. Yeah. Of course it. And I mean, do you find that that when people see you for other stuff, they're like, "Oh, she's just a solo performer." Um. Yeah, I think I. I think people associate me with being a solo performer. I actually love collaborating. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. And I would love to do more of that. I think what I love about doing solo work is I'm in control of course, and yeah. I call the shots and I make my own rehearsal schedule and I book my own gigs. So I'm in control of everything. Um, the downside is I sometimes, you know, I, I used to be part of a sketch duo. So I do see people do yeah. improv or sketch troops <laughs> or being part of an ensemble. And I thought, I think I would love to do that. Yeah. Uh, I have had a few people say, Oh, I thought of you for that, but I didn't think you would want to do it because you do solo work. So oh. that does yeah, that's... that does bother me. But at the end of the day, also, I found that sometimes I have, you know, read another script or been considered for something. And then as I'm reading it, I think, I don't want to say these lines or mm. I, I don't actually want to, you know, do this. I want to just do my own work. So I'm kind of trying to find the balance. I, I would love to have a mix of yeah. both. Um mm-hmm. For sure. But that's, I also, it's just kind of what I fell into and I, I'm very excited by solo work. Yeah. But as you may know, the downside is, you know, you don't have anyone to kind of guide you and as you come off stage after a great performance, you celebrate alone. If you have a really shitty performance, you... You commiserate alone. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's one of the things that I'm kind of not looking forward to. This is my first, my first solo performance and every other show I've done, you come off stage and there's somebody else there to be Absolutely. like, great show. And you can say, great show. We're like, you know, you could complain. The audience just wasn't with us in, in solo performing. You're just kind of, it's just you. Just you. Yeah. <clears throat> so that's the hard part. The, the great part about it is I, you know, it is my show. I have the freedom. I wrote it. Yeah. It's my words. I own it. Uh, if you mess up on stage, you know, this is, also a thing when you're working with other people if you mess up they kind of have your back yeah so on a solo show you don't have that but you also have the freedom to if you really fuck up you can start riffing yeah. on your own yeah. and being like i just you know i had it once i had it last year actually in hamilton for the first time i can recall in five years i blanked on stage and this is a show i've been doing for so long. i mean i blanked like you wouldn't believe and it was probably 30 seconds but it felt in my of course, eyes like, it, feels like it felt like 10 minutes yeah. and uh that was just a wake-up call for me in a really hard moment because I realized oh my god like I don't have anyone that can save me or help me and I worked yeah. around it and in the end apparently people didn't really notice but I noticed yeah was, yeah yes yeah, it's, it's it's funny how much we rely on other performers when we're working with them oh and, yeah and how much I don't even know what I, how I would get out of it if I come to the Yeah. Point. Oh, it's hard. It's yeah. so hard. But I also, I never call it a solo show anymore. I'm really trying to, because so many people have collaborated. Like, there, you always have so many people collaborate. I mean, I have a director now. I have a stage manager. Yeah. Um, on this particular show, I've had a lot of, you know, women I've chatted with. So I feel they're part of the show. I've had a couple people read the yeah. script who've given me some notes. So I never feel it's fully solo, yeah. I guess. You know, there's it's just people don't get seen behind the scenes I guess but. it's it's funny because I think that there is a <clears throat> in some cases there's a little bit of a, a stigma about solo shows that um, maybe it's in a way that some people introduce them mm-hmm. at, at fringes um, that you hear I know I 
my guard goes up when I hear, it's about my struggle with X, where I sort of start wondering, okay, so I'm gonna pay you $10 and that's, I'm paying, this is your therapy and I don't really wanna, like there's a certain stigma about it. Um, do you have a, is there a certain way that you approach that when you're talking to people about your show? About how you no, uh, yeah, you, I, you know, I it? feel I totally agree with you, and I'm always a little bit. There is a part of me that goes, "Am I the biggest narcissist? <laughs> like, why, <laughs> why should people come and pay to listen to my story?" Yeah. So I guess I just think and I hope that I create work, although it comes from me. I, I hope and I set out that people can relate to it and still mm. learn from it, and that they're feeling the same thing that I'm feeling or whatever, so yeah. they can. Um, you know, relate to that. But um, I think there's people that love the art form of the solo show. I'm one of those. I will go to any, I will go see any one person mm -hmm. show because I'm in that world. So yeah. I, I love it. Even in Toronto theater now, if I see there's a one person show, I'm at it. Um, and some I love and some I think, yes, yeah. it's therapy. And I don't want to see therapy. I try not to create therapy. Yeah. I'm at least over the issues. I think that's important. And yeah. people that haven't, you know, <coughs> worked it out yet, then that's dangerous. Um, but I know there's people that just hate one person shows mm -hmm. and then maybe that's otherwise not my audience yeah. or I could try and convince them to come. But I also accept if it's not their thing, it's not their thing, you know? Yeah. And what I try to do is there is also the stigma of the one person show is someone just standing on stage alone with no props, no costumes, you know, and that's fine. Yeah. And I've seen some incredible storytellers mm -hmm. and I'm fully with them, but I try and always make them a little bit theatrical as well. Yeah. Um, and I hope that that maybe helps engage the audience as well. Yeah. What got you into performing as a solo artist? Uh, well, for some crazy reason, I, I do recall, like in my early 20s, I did want to do a one-person show. I was actually in a two-woman comedy duo called The Burnt Marshmallows, and we were together for many years, over six years. and. Um, we had a lot of success with that and we actually got our start in Fringe in 2002 doing a show. And I think both, my partner and I at the time, we, her and I both wanted to create a one person show but we didn't want to do that to the other person. Yeah. And then one day she decided to up and leave to Vancouver and I thought, you know, I was very hurt by that and like surprised and upset and like, oh no, my, you know, my comedy partner is leaving but at the same time I was like, now is time to maybe write a show. So I actually took a completely, I took a complete year off and I went traveling and just mm. popped off and just went, I just gotta go, you know, as we do, I'm gonna go find myself, yeah. uh, flaky for lack of better words. And uh, when I came back, I just thought, it's just what I have to do. I didn't know where to start. I was fortunate that some people put me in touch with the right people. I got to chat with some people about where to start and it just kind of started happening. And I thought, the first one was for sure the hardest. I almost lost my mind. It was so hard. It was, I still say to this day, it was probably one of the hardest things mm. I've ever done. Um, I thought it was crazy. I, I you know, I lost sleep. I, I, I wasn't eating. I was just, it was so much pressure and stress. Um, and I thought I'm going to do one and that's it. But then I just, I got the bug for it as well. Yeah. And then after doing one, I thought I have to create another. And I will say that it's always hard but it does get a little bit easier. So this being my fourth one now, you know, it, there's all the cr roller coaster ride with cr any creation of new work, but I'm trusting a little bit, it's gonna come together. Yeah. It has to, somehow it's gonna come together because the other three did. Like, yeah. it will, you know. You were saying that <clears throat> when you were in the comedy duo, you had the idea that you wanted to do a solo, like a solo show, what was it that, that drew you to that? Do you know? I'm trying to think back the moment. I don't know what it is. I think, if, I don't have a reason for that. I think other than I was just, in that case, I was always used to performing with somebody else on yeah. stage. So it's like now I always perform alone and I'm hungry sometimes to do a collaboration yeah. with another artist. I think it was just being on stage with one other per mm. person the whole time. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't know, I don't know, I don't have a moment or something. I was I guess there's some shows I was inspired by. Um, one of my favorite one woman shows is I Claudia. Yeah. I, I saw that. I think that was for sure something that inspired me. Yeah. Um, that was probably the most vivid memory of a one person show I saw that I thought, wow, that's just incredible and she's doing it all on her own. So probably some of that yeah. as well.
For me, it was reading Danny McIver's One Person Chills. I'd never um, seen one until yeah. he did his farewell tour a few years ago when I finally saw House. But it was reading it that made me think, oh, you can actually do this. And like, yeah. it's not stand-up comedy. It's like, it's Absolutely. an actual play. I also think uh, Sandra Shamus is yeah. a big influence for me as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I love her work. And I, I had seen her show, I think, at the Winter Garden. Mm. Um, yeah, she's someone else. So now yeah. now that we're talking about it, and I'm like, oh, yes, that's what it was, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Um, what was that first show? That um, first solo show? So the first show, and I still, you know, I, I still love that show. And that was, I guess, the closest mm -hmm. to me. That show was Chaotica. Mm -hmm. So it was about a woman trapped in a board game. And just the reason why I love that show, although I don't tour it anymore because it was a nightmare to tour, mm -hmm. uh, and it's very sad when people still say to me, oh, that was your best show. Oh. But uh, no, it, just, it was a very special yeah. show. And I think I was very lucky on the collaboration because I was working with uh, Diana Kolpak. And I have a huge background in clown, and so does she. So we understood the language. Yeah. And that was just uh, an experience I probably will never be able to have again. We just were fortunate enough. We were in a studio. We had a lot of time. We had a, I can't remember, but we had like a good solid like chunk of time. It wasn't a rush. It wasn't a crazy deadline. And we just spent so much time doing exploration. I mm. never sat at the laptop and wrote it. It was all created through improv, which is the way I like to uh, mm -hmm. create. I find now I'm a little bit forced to sit at a laptop and type. But um, yeah, so that's what that show was. And I did it, I think I was 27 and I did it, I premiered it at the 2008 London Fringe. And that was the only festival I was doing. But I just had so much support behind me. I was very lucky. I had, um, I was the most nervous I could ever imagine. And like I said, the creation of that almost killed me. But I know that show was very, I know it was really good. I put everything into yeah. that show. Um, my The downside of that show is I never had any idea about touring or, you know, so I did not create that show with touring in mind and right. it was it had a huge set it has a million cues it's a very complicated show so the sad part about it is like that's why I don't tour yeah. that often and it was very personal and I think I've kind of evolved from it mm -hmm. um, I have said I'm gonna do like the 10-year anniversary show right. I think one time I'd love to do that uh, so that's what that show was mm -hmm. and then I did that I think I guess 2008 I did tour it 2009 uh, which I probably spent most of my money uh, shipping the set in uh, moving trucks around Fringe. It was crazy. Um, I had no idea what I was doing. You so you had to like did, did you like rent uh, have to rent it? Uh, I like I literally or? I I shipped it to I think the Saskatoon Fringe. I had to rent a truck to get it to Edmonton. It was like everything that you should not do. Yeah, I, yeah. I just didn't know. And well, how can you know if it's your first time? Yeah, I had no idea. Yeah. I had no idea. Uh, absolutely no idea what I was doing. But mm. from that experience, I learned so much. And uh, I also, you know, I made no money. I lost money. Of course. I yeah. lost so much money. Um, but yeah, that's how I got kind of really into the fringe bug of the touring. Yeah. And that's how that came about. But When you were touring that show, I mean, although a lot of your money was going into <laughs> like moving the stuff, yeah. the audience must have, you must have like had enough success with it to like make you think or, or decide that you can keep, you want to keep doing it. Oh, for like, sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, definitely. I think I felt I'd conquered something yeah. so huge and uh, I don't think I give myself enough credit, you know, like, and I think a lot of us as solo artists, we don't, mm -hmm. um, as I was saying, I just read my script today for the first time and I've had some crying moments over it, but like <clears throat> today I went, I wrote 40 pages. I have a show. Yeah. Um, so I'm starting to be more gracious with that. And yes, if audiences are responding, that show did very well. Yeah. Um, my favorite story is at the Edmonton Fringe with Chaotica. Again, I had no idea what it's doing. I was at the uh, Catalyst Theater, and I remember walking to my venue, and there's a lineup going all the way around the venue. Mm. And I walked in and I said to the tech, do you have any idea what's going on outside? Like, what are they lining up for? And she just looked at me and she said, for you. <laughs> that that's for you yeah. and that I'll never forget that moment that, yeah. and it was a little bit yeah. like oh my god I wanted to yeah. freak out it's like well it's what we want and then of it course. happens and you're like I don't want this right yeah exactly exactly um so from from chaotic yeah. the second show was one moon yeah okay. and um 
I also, just as a side note, I I do create from what's going on in my life. So Chaotica was about uh, feeling very lost. I was like approaching 30s, the chaos of my life. That's where Mm -hmm. that came from. Uh, One Moon was I didn't know whether I wanted to be in a relationship or not. I didn't really know uh, what I was doing. And then uh, I had kind of met someone and I thought, yeah, I don't know where this relationship is going. And, you know, I was just, you start thinking about, is this it or is this not it? Definitely was not it, um, but that's that show came about. Um, yeah, just sort of again, it evolved. I was packing to go on a little holiday by myself, and it looked like I was packing for a honeymoon mm-hmm. for one. So that's where that idea came from. And then I went to the beach, and it kind of started writing itself. Mm. Um, Significant Me was the sequel to One Moon, yes. and that show came about. I actually started working on that show with someone, and I had just started dating my husband who's now my husband which is crazy and he had just moved in and I remember thinking oh my god am I some domestic housewife now it felt very strange uh but the person I was working on the show with at the time I I said I want to do a show about a crazy housewife who kills her husband which when I said this to the new guy I was dating was like oh my god get me out of this relationship but when we started creating it, she said, it's just a continuation of Wonny Moon. It's mm. the same character. So I never set out to do a sequel. Right. And we can talk about that because a sequel is a whole other mm. thing. Again, pros and cons. And, uh, and then this show uh, is called All Kidding Aside. And this is a show about my um, conflict of wanting to have a baby or not. Okay. And being a woman who kind of needs to make the decision. But yeah terrified and all the reasons why I don't but maybe deep down there's some part of me that does so uh, moving from that first show to this new show how has the process changed in terms of how you create the show it's, uh, it's background okay. if you want to cut the show uh, in, we can do that um, how's the process changed uh, well like I said I think I prefer to create in a studio and improvise. I think, again, as solo artists, especially those of us who do Fringe, we don't have the time, we don't have the budget. Yeah. Um, So I just got very lucky with that first one. So that's what I mean. And Diana was great to have on board. And Mm -hmm. she had the time and she wanted to do it out of the goodness of her own heart. So we just had a very special thing. Uh, I think Oney Moon, like now I've started to just have to write them more. I get the idea and I start writing. I don't... I don't really consider myself a writer, although I've con- you know I have written four shows, but um, definitely I always start with a deadline. That yeah. is my I always set out. I apply to something, I get the date, and then so that's how I mm. definitely start my work the deadline. Um, but I say it's more writing. It's a little bit more writing than going exploring. Mm. Um, sounds like with you is yeah. like written your script. Now you're learning it, and then yeah. you'll go to rehearsal. Yeah. I prefer to still do a lot on its feet um but yeah they're they're it's it's just i've never like i said i keep saying yeah. it i've never had that first experience again i've i mean for me i mean i i consider myself more of a writer okay so i mean working with keystone theater that's a complete yeah. departure the way that we work with there but for me i like to write and know what i'm going to say and then i like to like to do it but this is the first time that i've written anything that just has like one voice so it's okay. it's a very new thing and is it you is it actually you or is it a character it's a character yeah okay so, i mean there's elements of me oh, yes. in it but it's not something that i ever was like this is this is me telling the story of my life it's completely fictionalized mm-hmm. and the elements that i've drawn out are just to Really, they were. I, I put. I initially, I wasn't going to put anything of myself in it. Okay. And I was like, no, these are the things that I need for me to make the emotional connection. Yeah. Put those in. Okay. Sort of thing. I think I always. I, I mean, you might be the same, but I always collaborate. By that, I mean, I always find a director. So that's something else mm-hmm. I can talk about. Every show I've done, I find a different director, and I do that. Although everyone I've worked with has been awesome for that show and for that time, Mm -hmm. I just do that because I find it very exciting and interesting to work with somebody new every time. Um, And it really shakes it up and changes it up. So I don't always, I never work with the same director. But I have my mentors and my go-to people that I work along the way of, you know, can you listen to this? Or can Mm -hmm. we just go into a studio one day and play? So, um, and with this show now, my director was away for a very long time when I needed her. Um, desperately, so I went to another collaborator, um, Andy Massingham, who's a great physical theater performer, 
which is my background. And he said, let's just go into a studio and play. Mm. And that's again what I love doing because it got me away from just writing it. And I, I learned a lot from that day of just getting up, yeah. it up on its feet. Mm. Um, and working with your, your collaborators and, and all the things that you've done, um, would you consider going back to work on a new show with somebody that you worked with before, or do you prefer just to always go with the new? Oh, I for sure would. I mean, everyone that I've worked with, I think, are awesome people, and um, oh, definitely. I think, yeah, it's also just a different time, or um, or they get busy as well. Um, yeah, so that's the hard part. But it, it, they, I've all had positive experiences, yeah. so for sure. I think um, it's funny because I worked with a very close friend last summer before I went to Edinburgh. Uh, my friend Paul and he kind of came in just to help me with the show and because he's also a great friend we had so much fun mm -hmm. so as much as I love my director now I just saying I, I, mi I miss of like course. little parts of, of him for sure um, and Michelle who I'm working with I'm so fortunate that I found her I didn't know her before mm -hmm. I, I went to her on a recommendation so that's been pretty awesome. We're getting to know each other, but we didn't yeah. know each other mm. at all before. Which show did you take to Edinburgh? Uh, One Moon. Yeah. Yeah. How was your How was your Edinburgh experience? Because of all the festivals <sighs> that I can think of, I mean, I can think of all the Canadian ones, mm -hmm. and Edmonton still freaks me out. And oh, it Winnipeg, freak anyone out. <laughs> yeah, Winnipeg feels a little more like a little more comfortable to me for some reason, but Edmonton scares the crap out of me. Um, Edinburgh. Oh, that one makes me want to pee myself. Okay. Well. I have to, so going back, I'll say my favorite festival in the whole world is still the Edmonton Fringe okay. Festival. And I think that came from, that was a big major festival. I took Chaotica there. I just got right. so lucky. But there's something I just love about that mm -hmm. festival. And I actually haven't been back in many years and it, it's killing me. Yeah. And uh, I didn't get in this year. I got offered to do a BYOV. It was going to cost me way too much money. So yeah. I, I'm not. Um, now having done Edinburgh, I'm not to take away from Edmonton and Winnipeg at all, but I will laugh if I return back to Edmonton or Winnipeg. I would just laugh and go, this festival is so small. Mm -hmm. You know, so that, that definitely that was the positive. Yeah. I mean, Edinburgh is the, the mother of all the festivals. The mother of all fringes, yeah. Um, I, again, just got fortunate. I think I did it very smart. I did what was called the Free Festival, the PBH Free Fringe. So for my first time going, I wanted to go as a tourist who got to be in Edinburgh for a month, who got to do my show, and who got to see as much theater as possible. Yeah. Those were the reasons I went. Um, I didn't care as much as though I, I, you know, I should have, or I didn't care about landing a world tour. I didn't care about the producer seeing me as the next big thing. I just didn't think that that was going to happen. No one knew who I was. So right. I went on the smallest investment possible. I had to pay for airfare and a place to live, which was all very expensive, but I didn't pay for a venue. Right. So through the free fringe, they give you a venue. Um, it's not going to be great. Again, when I first saw my venue, I almost cried, but then <laughs> okay. I have to say it grew on me. It was a mm. nightclub. And then I have to say they put up some curtains and a backdrop. And by the end, I loved it and it worked out mm -hmm. and I wouldn't want it any other way. And my last show, I was, almost, I was like crying. I didn't want to leave. And, um, yeah, and then it was like busking. So every night right. people put money in your hat. So that was the experience I oh, okay. yeah. Okay. So I didn't sell tickets. Um, so it's literally a free fringe. It's right? a free fringe. Yeah. And no one, you know, but you learn about a spiel at the end. I learned so much about that, about mm. exactly how to, you know, give this talk at the end of the show to get the most bang for your buck and to get the most money. Right. And um, that was really fun to me is every night trying something different and going, oh, wow, tonight I made way more money than last mm. night. Um, the biggest fear in Edinburgh was because you don't sell tickets, you have no idea who is coming. You have no idea when the door opens and when there's, you know, 3,000 shows. Yeah. Or what, you don't know if anyone is going to be at your show. And that was, I just have that problem all the time. Uh, but I have to say, considering I was told I would have audiences of two and then that would be a good night. And my smallest was 10 ever. Mm. And on average, I was playing, I was playing to like 50 people. Like, That's you know, good. That's yeah, good. yeah. I, I felt it was really good. Good. But, um, should I go back, I would find a way, I guess, I don't know where I'd get this money from, but to really invest and to get a publicist mm -hmm. and to get into one of the the main venues yeah. and to do all the, you know, bells and whistles. But at yeah. the same time, 
it's such a huge investment. I don't have $20,000 yeah. to invest in that. And so, yeah. What's the biggest lesson that you learned from Edinburgh? Uh, I can tell you that I would say, mm. I feel that I can now that show in particular, but I find and with anything, uh, having done one moon, I feel I could do that show now anywhere, anywhere. Uh, and I could make it work. If, mm. if I showed up somewhere and they said, here's your garage and we have no lights and uh, no sound, mm. I could pop up that show. I just right. feel it gave me so much adaptability. Um, endurance, you had to go on every night. Yeah. You know, every night, uh, you know, here we're used to at Fringe, seven shows. Yes, there it was yeah. 22 shows. Um, pursuing performance through complete exhaustion. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, and just a lot of confidence. I mean, I did it, and I also set out to do it, and I did it. And mm. I lived to tell <laughs> the tale. So, And I, I always say this about Edinburgh, regardless of what is going on, because there are some very hard days, uh, it is the most beautiful city. I just, I fell in love with that city. So on your worst day possible, I would just stop and give myself a shake and be like, yeah. look at the castle right there. Like, look where you are. Look what, you know, so... Um, and I would recommend it to anyone to either go and see it or just to be in it and, yeah. you know, and you'll learn. Did you some... get to be the tourist that you wanted to oh, be? Oh, for sure. Not, not so much during. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but I took a few days at the end and I did everything I wanted to do and I saw so Good. much, yeah. you know, and that's the other thing in Edinburgh, the show that you pay 30 pounds for ends up not being really great. And some of the best work I saw was two o'clock in a pub. I walked by and someone begged me to come watch them. And yeah. I did. And I went, this performer is incredible. Yeah. And why aren't they playing to 200 people? Mm. So that's mm. really cool about it yeah. as well. Um, just to, to go back a little even further than why did yeah. you get into uh, solo performing? Um, what was it as a, that, that drew you into the theater? Um... Great. Uh, well, I grew up my whole life in dance. I was put okay in dance. Um, so I was in all that competitive jazz, tap, ballet, you know? So I really... Did you enjoy dance? Oh, I loved it. Okay. Yeah, and it's still part of my work now. Mm -hmm. Like, it made me a physical performer, which is my favorite thing. Uh, no, I love dance. I just, deep down, I love being on stage, even okay. then. So I always had that. I was... Yeah. I was a shy kid, but I loved performing. I was mm -hmm. the kid that always made up little plays at the dinner table and mm -hmm. did a lot of that stuff. So I think I just didn't have time for it because I was so committed in this dance yeah. world. So I think, um, you know, I took drama in high school, all of that. So I just, I loved, I loved getting up. And um, yeah, I guess after high school, then I had to sort of make a choice and I decided to, you know, um, as much as I love dance, I, I knew I wasn't going to be a professional dancer. I just knew that. Yeah. I just didn't have, you know, especially a ballerina. It's just, you know, that takes a whole nother set of chops. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I just went to theater school and, um, and then it was at theater school that again, I always thought I'd be a dramatic actress. Like I had plans of I would love to do Stratford Festival and then mm -hmm. I got into improv when an improv teacher from Second City come to teach us improv at theater school and just fell in love with it I loved doing comedy and thinking yeah. on my feet creating characters and then that's where I met my comedy partner and and mm -hmm. uh, so my it just took a different yeah. journey than I ever thought and even you know I never thought I'd be doing solo shows it's just kind yeah. of weird how uh you know, a door opens and you go through that door. And, yeah. What was the theater school that you went to? Oh, so I went, um, I, I moved from Kitchener-Waterloo area when I was 19. I moved to Toronto. I did one year at George Brown. Mm -hmm. They had a program called IPAC, okay. which is Introduction to Performing Arts, yes. which yes. oddly enough, I just got to go speak at George Brown <clears throat> last week with the same artistic director who brought me in to talk to all of the students mm -hmm. about solo creation. So that was pretty mm -hmm. cool. Um, and then I went to Randolph. So I went okay. to Randolph and I think that came from the dance yes. as well. Yeah. So the story at Randolph is I was a dancer and an actor and I cannot sing. <laughs> and at Randolph at that time, I think it's changed, but they really valued good singers. So it actually didn't matter if you could dance or act. Right. If you were a great singer, they would just sing your praises. Right. And, um, yeah, so that happened as well. And then on top of it, I just, as I said, I got really into improv. I went to Second City. I did the conservatory. Mm -hmm. And I continued to take every class at Equity Showcase. Yeah. And um, 
then I took a clown workshop with Sue Morrison, mm. which was a weekend intro thing that I just thought, I'll try this. And yeah. then I got bit by that bug. Of course, yeah. And then fell in love with clown and then made that, you know, something that I pursued. So, yeah, just... I always um, shake my head about clown just because, not because I think it's bad. I think we've, we live in a society that doesn't value oh, clowning. No, not at all. And in fact, the popular thing is, oh, clowns, so they freak me out. And it's just this ridiculous mm-hmm. thing where I think that people think of the clown as they think creepy circus. Oh, absolutely. Clown, or, I, I teach it yeah. now, and that's the first thing my students say. And I also, I mean, I'm dying to actually create a full clown show. Like, yeah. wearing the red nose, I've never done that, even though my passion is clown. And I think my reason behind it is I cannot put a poster up with me wearing a red nose. I just don't, I think that's very tricky to market, you know? Um, mm-hmm. I mean, unless you've already got a name, like Moro and Jasp, yes, they've done great yeah. things, and I think they have a following, and that's awesome. So... You know they've built that, but again, if maybe if you didn't know them and you knew nothing about clown, yeah. you wouldn't understand what that is. So there's also, I mean, you've also got somebody like Rebecca Northern. Oh yeah, who's like, you that's know, my, that's she's, another one of my yeah. favorite shows. Yeah. And she's got like this great show that she does, and I mean, her show I think stands out because she doesn't look like she's not creepy clown. Right. She's sexy clown. Yeah, yeah. On her yeah. Poster, which I think takes a little bit off that, but people have this this real. Oh yeah, stigma. stigma. I know it's terrible. Yeah. It's terrible, but um, yeah, that that bugs me about clown. When I, when I I always say to people, my clown, my sorry, my solo work yeah. is always rooted in clown. Like I'm always my clown in my shows. Yeah. Now I know that. I don't know if that comes. I don't expect that to come across to the audience. I know yeah. that. So uh, funny enough, the show now, you know, my director just the other day, like she thought, would you want to do this in clown? Like just a suggestion, and I thought. Why didn't I even think of that? I mean, I'm not going yeah, yeah. to do no. that, but I also, what I always do is at least once, I take, I wear, I get into clown mm-hmm. and I wear the red nose and I run through my show because I just think mm-hmm. I can get so much out of it, you know? Um, again, this show's a little bit different style. I think this show's way more me and more vulnerable and mm-hmm. more honest, so that's why it's scary, but... Uh, yeah, it's, I think it's very hard to market, market clown. It's kind yeah. of, it's very unfortunate and it's sad, but, um, you know, Helen Donnelly has done some amazing stuff. Yeah. I think she's very fortunate at Toronto Festival of Clowns. Of course, everyone wants to go and see it there. Right. It's part of a clown festival, but, you know, I've talked a little bit about her as well. It's like she said, I don't know how to market my, my show. She struggled with that a little bit as well. Well, that, I mean, that is uh, that is the trick, is that if you, like, how do you sell, how do you sell clown? Yeah. I don't know what the answer yeah. is, because people see that red nose, and they mm-hmm. sort of, like, decide they don't want to see yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. It's very unfortunate, because there are... There's I so mean, much yeah. good work. There's so much good work, yeah. I mean, the other option is just to do a clown show and not... And not have the red nose. The nose yeah. but... Yeah. Which yeah. is sort of what Keystone does. The yeah, oh, absolutely. The red nose, yeah. But it's, it's still, like... We don't have that stigma because people see the, the white yeah. face. They're more likely to think mine than they are to right. think Right, but you, you probably had some trouble marketing that at times as well. Sometimes. Right? Yeah. Because people, well, for, for Keystone, people see the white face and they think it's just mine. Oh, I don't like mine. Yeah. Which is like a completely different thing than I don't like clown. I know, um, but I think people just need to watch saying they don't like something before, of course, you know? Yeah. It's like even, there are a lot of people that walk around going, I don't like solo shows, yeah. no thank you. And I just think... Well, maybe give it a chance, but yeah. unfortunately, and especially at Fringe, uh, you know, this is what's dangerous. If someone's never gone to a Fringe show before, and what's supposed to be so amazing about Fringe is that you, yeah, you take risks and you of walk course, into yeah. a show and you pay ten dollars, that's it. But if you walk into, you know, your first clown show and it's bad, or you walk into uh, your first solo show and it's awful, that's gonna deter you from of course, yeah. the rest of your life. So that's yeah. that's what's unfortunate, also, you yeah. know. But I. I, I would never close the door on anything, mm. you know. I, I mean, sci-fi isn't really my thing, but one there there was a show getting a lot of buzz in Edinburgh, and I thought, okay, it's you know, and I went and saw it, and yeah, it wasn't my thing by that. It wasn't my topic, but these two guys were fantastic, and they had a yeah. great show. I can still appreciate two amazing performers in yeah. the show that they've created. But mm. yeah, um, yeah. So all for all kidding aside, you talked about how it's it's different from what you've done yeah. before. You're talking. I, it it sounds like your previous shows, although they were they came from you, they mm-hmm. were more. Uh, there 
was more artifice or something? They were rooted in a character. character. Yeah. I called myself a character. Yeah. I think a lot came from, it was like an exaggerated version of myself, almost mm -hmm. a clown, I would say. It was like yeah. the clown version of me. Um, so this show, I, don't, I haven't named my character, let's say, not that anyone can see me. I'm doing quotations. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just, it's way more, uh, it is me. It's, it's more Crystal. By that I mean, it's, I feel it's Crystal on stage telling her, her mm. story. And I think, uh, for example, One Moon, I didn't marry myself. It was the character, who of course, yeah. but it came from my fears around marriage. Yeah. So that's the difference. But this show is really me just telling it. I think uh, we're still playing a little bit because uh, in previous kind of read-throughs of chunks of the script... I felt almost uncomfortable sharing a lot of it. Uh, yeah. You know, yeah. it is very scary and vulnerable. Yeah. And we talked about, well, what if I went back to playing a character? You know, what if it, would that help me that I call myself Sandy? Mm -hmm. <laughs> would that, yeah. you know, um, so I'm still playing with that a little bit, but I think it doesn't matter. I think people that know me, really mm -hmm. know me, might come to the show and just see me as, oh, this is Crystal's show yeah. telling her story. But I think if you don't know me, you don't really know if it's me or a character, or a character. so it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I think it's more my own fears of revealing things about myself, if, if that makes sense. Oh, it makes yeah. total sense. Yeah. It makes total sense. I mean, there's, there's something about, and the, the, the difficulty with being a solo performer in that way, I think, is the idea of revealing too much about yourself to a room full of people who don't know you. Like, you're, yeah. in some ways, you're telling things telling a room full of people you don't know things that you wouldn't be comfortable telling your best friends sometimes. That's right? so true. And, and I know, and it's so crazy. But, and then for some reason, I'm actually very comfortable on stage telling them. It's, it's the before, and it's during the creation and the writing that I'm in my head freaking out. But, yeah. um, but the, no, that's a great point. I know. Um, and I think also the danger is people, regardless, after they see your show, they think they know everything about you. Of course, of course. And so that's the other danger. It's like, no, I didn't really mean that. Or, okay, I exaggerated that part. I don't really think that. It was right. just, that made it more, <laughs> you know, made more sense for the uh, dramaturgy of the show or whatever. But, yeah, um, yeah. what are we supposed to it's, do about it's that? It's funny because when you're, a, like, there's something I think about the solo performance where people, more than if they see an ensemble show, no, most people who see an ensemble show don't think that the people that they're seeing are the characters, you know? So yes. But in a solo show, because it's just you, I think there's more of that idea that, oh, this is like all completely autobiographical or something like that. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I know that's always the case. Although I've also seen some solo shows where I guess I now have my head, of course, that are all autobiographical, mm -hmm. like we sort of have that idea in our head. So I remember seeing a show once, uh, yeah, where I saw a whole show about someone disclosing that they were gay, you know, and sort of end this whole story. And then at the end I thought, and I kind of knew him, and I thought after, oh wow, it was so brave and powerful, and I had no idea he was gay. And then I talked to him, and he's like, oh no, no, that's, none of it's true, it's just a made up story. Yeah. And then huh. there was a whole other part of me that felt a little bit like, let down or what i was yeah. i was confused you know well because he you felt like he revealed something yes, to you and then maybe yes. because you've seen that now you're feeling a little bit closer to him and then to find out that yeah. it's completely made up yeah it was weird and there was another show like that oh my god i, I have feeling a little hesitant because people are going to recognize these shows but i do remember there's another show uh a one-man show very well done uh, very powerful story and I think all of us touring artists we all bought into it even though we had been touring with this person for years we just and then we learned after like it was a made-up story but I think because we knew him and there was like some parts some parts yeah. of his life we totally bought into it so I don't know I don't know what the answer is but there's a little bit like uh what I don't know you know I think that I kind of feel like and maybe this comes from the work with Keystone, where since we don't have words, we just have to accept that the audience gets from the show what they get from the show. Yes. Um, that you have to just accept, I think you have to, this is, I mean, as somebody who hasn't performed my show yet, but I think that, that the audience gets from it what they get from it, and you have to just accept that that's what they're taking from it. Absolutely, and everyone's going to take something different. Although that's I think right. I, I try and set out and have a message in my head, mm -hmm. like what am I trying to say? But yeah, everyone's going to take something different from it. And 
you know, as we know, there's going to be people that's going to resonate. They're going to like it, yeah. and not everyone's going to like your show. And yeah. and with this show too, I think, you know, my intention is not to offend anyone. You know, I I'm really disclosing a lot about the reasons why a big part of me why I might not want to have yeah. children, but. I'm not setting out to offend anyone, no. you know, it's, it's my story, yeah. but if you take it offense because I say that I don't like toddlers running around screaming, if you take offense, like, I, I you know. I mean, not many people do enjoy toddlers running around screaming. Right, so, I know, I mean, but someone's going to find... Must, somebody, look, if somebody can be offended by somebody, something they are probably going yeah. to be. Yeah. We live in a, a society where people are just offended by things. I know, so, I know. So we can't, um, we can't. We can't control that about everybody. Yeah, I don't know if you're, I, because I don't know your show either. I, I don't know if you've experienced this, but I, I try. I have a terrible habit of doing this, and I'm trying not to. Of, of trying to almost project what I think the audience is going to take away from mm-hmm. it, or, oh, this is what I want the audience to walk away from, and I'm, I'm trying not to do that because that's quite dangerous. Yeah. You know, and like you said, everyone's going to take something different. Yeah. From it, so for me in writing this this show, I've been trying to. I've been conscious about what I'm putting out there, but mm-hmm. I don't want them to take away from it. But I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want them. I don't want to. I don't want to try to control what I think they're going to take from it. Okay. And I think. Uh, I'm just. I just want to perform the show. And yeah. Whatever they take from it, they'll take from it. I think that's at the end yeah. of the day, that's all we can, we want to, yeah. you have to think about why do we want to do this? You know, I have so many reasons why I want to do the show that it feels like the timing is now. I got to yeah. do it and I'm excited by it. And you know, at the end, that's what we got to do. And, yeah. um, are you finding any, like, obviously these are big questions that you're asking yeah. yourself in the show. Are you controlling where you think you want the show to go or is, are, is it, are you still in a, a really organic uh, space with it? Not to no. give any, your ending. I know, not, no, because there, there's, yeah. you know, I think there's some good twists in the show, yeah. for sure. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm just being a bit hesitant. Cause I don't want, no, it's good. I just don't want to give too much away. But I think um, it's, well, the show originally, I'll just say, for a long time, it was called On the Fence. That was mm. the working title for a very long time. And then I just realized that was just hitting it over the head too much. It was like, right. that just says everything was. I like all kidding aside, a bit of a wordplay, yeah. you know? I don't know. Um, so the conflict is whether I have a baby or not. So I think that is the conflict. That's what the show is about, right. and it's all the reasons why and and all the reasons not to or or that I should. And so what's interesting about, again, this show is... There isn't really an answer yet because I still don't know. Right. Uh, so that's kind of in the exploration as but well. But that's an ending in itself. Mm-hmm, right? Absolutely. Yeah. So I think that's what I'm discovering. I mean, I have to, I've, I'm still playing a little bit with the climax or the conflict, but the right. conflict is throughout the whole show. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess my challenge with this show, I'll just talk about this for a moment, is, uh, and maybe you've thought about this for your own show, you have to start to think about your market or who your target audience yeah. is. and. I just know with my shows, I never set out to do this, but my show always resonates more with women. I've had a lot of men that have enjoyed it, mm-hmm. for sure, but definitely it's a lot of women. And then I, for a long time I was worried about that or like, oh, I should create more of a universal show. Why do I keep creating the show for women? Well, then I thought, who buys the tickets to the theater usually? Yeah. Women. They often drag along their man with them, so it's often women. And if I can fill seats with women that's okay oh, I just that's I mean that's okay right um because I, I remember seeing um uh women fully uh clothed mm-hmm. that's, yeah and I remember I saw them many years ago and it was the whole audience was like 50 50 half men half mm-hmm. women and then I started seeing them more and more it was just filled with women but yeah. they always packed the house they were always sold out and I thought who it doesn't matter if it's sold out with a man or it's sold it out with women it doesn't. so and you know what I don't think we need more audiences filled with men watching plays by men. If, you're, okay. if your play speaks to women, then absolutely yeah, yeah. embrace that. But, yeah, so I'm just kind of figuring that out. I think yeah. you're probably at the stage, too. I'm just learning how to, you know, I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. A, how to market again the solo show and get yeah. people interested in it and why they need to listen to my story. But also kind of, yeah, I'm, I'm still shaping what is this show about. And, uh, yeah, why should people come and see it? Like, yeah. when you're in early stages of your show, you don't know yet. You I know. still don't. I like, and of course, friend, the festivals are always like, tell us 
uh, who your target audience is, and that's when I'm like, I have to choose a target. Like, I don't know people who like stuff. Yeah, like, I know I'm that's so. That, I know like, the marketing stuff. So. That I know. I just yeah. had to, do, you know, and uh, yeah, I think for Toronto already, like, I had to send my image. So I'm so I luckily organized this photo shoot way back mm. when, just knowing that it was gonna TikTok right, yeah. up, you know. Um, so I had a great photo shoot, and um, Kurt Furlaw, who's been amazing, is like working on my image. But I find that the worst part—they're asking you for the stuff in February, and I'm like, yeah, you know. I remember my title. I just said I had to. I think I asked for an extension. I'm like, look, I really just don't know what my title is, and <laughs> I I can't decide by 5 p.m. tonight. Like, yeah. this is a you know this is a big deal. This is blast across every poster it's in every mm -hmm. this is what I have to call my show yeah. for the next long time yeah. <laughs> you know well, you can't really re like once you've done this show you can't really rename it I know I felt that too I know it's weird right so I had to make sure it was something yeah. that fit but that's always good so you're doing Toronto and Hamilton Are you yeah doing other no projects? so okay. this is the first year in oh my god since like 2009 mm -hmm. that I'm not on a longer tour and of course last year I was away all August so uh, you know, I'm, I'm definitely, I wish I was doing one more, like Edmonton or whatever, yeah. but at the same time, I'm really looking forward to the summer of being around in August. Mm -hmm. It's the first time I'm around. I'm lucky with some Wani Moon gigs, ironically, in August. Um, and they've asked for a 90-minute version of the show. Oh, so the cool thing is I get to kind of, you know, rework that show again because um, it's at 60 minutes but I've got a lot of excess material. Do you, like, does that, the idea of extending it, is that, uh, is that, do you think is that fun to you or have you no, it's really fun. for uh, scary or no the only reason it's fun is because I have one moon I have significant me and already what I did for Edinburgh is I matched the two shows together I wanted to have the best arc possible okay so the downside of that is I think I would have had way more bookings because I could have done Money Moon and then I could have said and I have the sequel of course but now yeah. I've been doing this version for so long that it's just the version mm -hmm. that it is. It's yeah. a 60 minutes. You get two shows for the price of one, let's yeah. say. Uh, so the good thing is I have a lot of material because right. I technically have a two-hour show. So I'm not worried about material. I don't think I have to rewrite anything. Mm -hmm. It's just finding, again, the arc. And they want an intermission. So I've never oh, had... Oh, okay. so, that's, that's even worse. Yeah. When you build something for a fringe, you, you're doing it no, just I to know. go straight I, through. And I no... think... I think I'm not thinking about it. I, I I can't even start to think about it until I've opened this show. Of course, yeah. So, yeah. but yeah, I think you know we're gonna put a ton of work into this. Yeah. I open at Toronto. That's gonna be the most nerve wracking. It's gonna be scary. Yeah. And then I get to do Hamilton. And then I just think after that, you know, I get to just breathe for a bit and yeah. let it just sit and reevaluate the show and. Um, yeah, so I think maybe it'll be nice to be around in the summer and, and see what else happens and just to be around with family and friends yeah. and just kind of explore Toronto in August. I think yeah. that'll be okay. And sure. uh, and I still get to do two festivals and stick around. Perfect. Yeah. Are you are you commuting to Hamilton or are you just gonna are you gonna stay? Um there? well what I do is I'm I don't are you commuting or I'm gonna I'm staying. Yeah, I um my parents live about twenty five minutes inside of okay. Hamilton. Um and so it's been kind of fun the last few times I've done Hamilton. I actually have a great time staying there. Yeah. Um, they live in the country and it's like, there's a pool and it's just really nice property. So it's kind of like, you know, a working vacation. Yeah. So I, I often stay there, but um, I think I know a few people in Hamilton that they've always offered like, yeah. hey, if you want to stay overnight tonight and hang out with everyone. Yeah. But I, I don't really commute to Toronto. I think no, that's too much. I kind of thought that if I'm going to do the, a fringe, even if it's in commuting distance, I should do that fringe and like commit to not yeah. just like helicoptering in for my show and then helicoptering yeah. out. I should just like be there for the whole thing. Yeah. I found it a little trick. Like last year I went with a purpose. I It was my preview to Edinburgh. Mm -hmm. I had 11 shows there. So that was my mission. I just had, was like going and doing the show and then constantly reworking it. So yeah. I... I didn't care so much about the hangout. That wasn't mm. my, you know, which yeah. is very rare for me. But, um, no, I think I'll be around. I think, yeah, I agree with you. It's nice to kind of be part of that community. Yeah. And I always so enjoy going to see other people's work and yeah. and everything. So And Toronto, uh, you know, just my rule of thumb is, unfortunately, I will not be seeing anything until I just... Until I have a few under my own... Of course, yeah, yeah. Under my belt until you I... Can't, you can't, like, if you're not... If your show is like new and you're still yeah. getting it under the belt, you can't 
put other people's stuff in your brain. No, and I, you know, and then I'm just a terrible audience member. I'm yeah. watching their show, having a freak out, or running my own line. Yeah. So, but uh, again, with one even, I've just because I can do that show in my in my sleep. You yeah. know, I love when I roll to a festival and I'm like. I can go see a show right before mine. Like yeah. I'm at that point with that show. Yeah. You know, not right before, but like, oh yeah, I sure I can go see that, and then I've got an hour between yeah. mine. But uh, with a new show, there's no. there's no way. So I'm I'm hoping, I don't know, I get a little bit more comfortable. Uh, <laughs> but Hamilton for sure. I think yeah. I'll I'll hopefully have some time yeah. and feel comfortable to see cool. stuff. And Hamilton's smaller, so you can. You know, see stuff. Yeah. I, I still find Toronto overwhelming. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. There's so many shows, and then as you have the same problem, uh, you have about a hundred people. You well, know, well, Toronto is the up. Like, how do you see? Oh, everybody's crazy. got a show. How do you see all the shows for all your friends and still see other? Stuff oh, that it's you're crazy. It's just too much. And I have fringe guilt all the time. I oh. suffer from extreme fringe guilt. I'm I just think like we all do. I think we all do. Oh, it's just, and then you know, it's like. I think I'm trying to get better with that mm -hmm. because I never take offense if someone can't see my show. Right. I get it, yeah. but it's still, you know, I always dread, I always talk about the last night at the fringe tent, the closing night party. Where you're and like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't get to see your I show. I know, and it's oh, like, so how is this party fun? Yeah. All we're doing is apologizing yeah, to each other. Course. It's not. I think we have to accept the fact that we're all trying to get people to see our yeah. show. And yeah. that's a business. Yeah. You, know, you have yeah. to. It's nice to see a few shows, but we can't see everybody's show, especially if we're in the frame. Yeah, it's really hard. Yeah. Although at the same time, like, you know, like I said, I almost like last year, I think, even though I wasn't in it, I just still couldn't. I, and I was going to see as much as possible yeah. in the time that I had. And I still, you know, there's one or two you don't see and it just kills yeah. you. And you feel like, oh my God, they're never going to talk to me again. It's just ridiculous. Yeah. But, but I think someone who's in it and really understands, they would never course, hold yeah. that against you. No, they you. could never hold that against yeah. you. Where can we find you online? Um, great question. No, I'm at. I just have my website, mm -hmm. which I have to admit I need to update. I think I've been so busy writing my show. Um, so I'm, and I'm not the most tech savvy with my website, but just crystalbartelzi.com. Mm -hmm. uh, yes. So I, as I said, I'm doing the Toronto Fringe, mm -hmm. Tarragon Extra Space. And then I'm doing the Hamilton, the Staircase Theater. Yeah. Um, and as another just little plug, I'm doing One Moon, One Night in Toronto, Friday, May 13th, 9.30 at the John Candy Box Theater. Because nice. I haven't done that show in Toronto in years and years and years. So wow. I just wanted to do it once. Yeah. Um, I also just want people to see it, the show that I have done for a long time, before they see <laughs> the new one. <laughs> that I have no idea what it's going to be. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you think that you're kind of like... In, in your in your in your mind, you're sort of like padding, like see this one's good. I don't know about this one yet. Yeah, well, I think we I think yeah. we do that, but yeah. I, I'm I'm feeling confident. I think the new I just as we talked about, I just think people need to understand, you know, it is a new work, mm -hmm. and I'm not saying yeah. that to make excuses. It's just a new work. It took you know, Wadi Moon took five years. I still continue to rewrite it. Yeah. Like it's never it's a work. It's a never-ending work. So that's mm -hmm. just the way the kind of artist I am. Yeah. So with this show, I'm super excited to do it. Uh, I'm feeling ready to do it. Mm -hmm. Not ready right now, <laughs> but, but I will be ready. Yeah. Um, but I think people just have to understand that. But um, yeah, and then it, it is what it is, and yeah. and it's going to keep evolving and changing. And at the end of the day, you know, there's so many great artists, but there's also so many people that wouldn't dare to do a one-person show. So well, we also have to give ourselves a pat on the back yeah, that, exactly. that we're doing it exactly. Yeah, Crystal. Well, thank you so much. Okay, for thank me you. Today.